the dynamo, use the dynamo, use the dynamo, use the dynamo. Boys acting like they ready for that orange crush. Try us if you want to wheel leave you in the dust. The men in orange, baby, got orange on my back. Be the ones, now it's time for us to bring it back. Long as I got my fan club, y'all can't harm it. El Battalion in the Texan Army. We MLS champ, so haters back back. Another game on the field, my team gon' rap. All right, guys. Hey, welcome to Dynalytics episode number. 27 tonight. Uh, Dynamo traveled to Orlando City tonight. Unfortunately, it was not the outcome that some of us were hoping for. We were optimistic, most likely for a tie, but then, uh, you know, just uh, or, or Orlando ended up winning two to one, and uh, that just was not the outcome that we have. Uh, unfortunately, Hermont's not here tonight. He's got, uh, we'll just call it civic duty tonight, but Replacing him tonight as a co-host is going to be Billy from Dynamo Theory. Billy, man, how you doing, bro? Oh, I'm fantastic. You know, this is as good as I can be, all things considered. Well, good, man. Well, good. Well, welcome. Hey, man, thanks for uh, stepping up tonight and taking Herman's spot for us. And you know what? As a matter of fact, just, why don't you just give us a plug? Who, who, who is Billy? Who are you? And you know, let us know about Dynamo Theory. Billy Mears, I write for Dynamo Theory. You can find us at dynamotheory.com. We've got a podcast that comes out every Tuesday, or actually we do it Tuesday, comes out Wednesday. You can find us on Instagram at Dynamo Theory. Rudy runs that, does an excellent job. Uh, we've got a great team, you know, a uh, bunch of guys putting out content by the people for the people. So, you know, we're just, uh, we're looking to spread coverage and, Put out some engaging content. Well, good deal. We'll make we'll make sure we'll get the plugs at the end, and of course, everybody make sure y'all y'all go check out Dynamo Theory. They get they do some great interviews as well. But you know, Billy, let's get into the game, man. Uh, uh, let let's start at the beginning though with the with the lineup, which everybody was anticipating and looking forward to, and really really intrigued as to what Nagamore was going to out with was it going to be a different formation was Fafa going to be there you know so a lot of questions coming in today and we had a lot of questions answered but I think at the same time it created a lot more so so, so what, what man what do you think about that that line if you, if you want to go ahead and release it go ahead yeah the lineup I mean it looked like it was more of a defensive a defensive based lineup we lineup we were all kind of shocked you know when the, when the starting lineup came out Nagamura spoke on the press conference recently about the Fafa ordeal but we're not really sure you know they're they're kind of quiet about that they're not really ready to be speaking on anything like that but I think you know well, Ethan Bartlow and tell, tell. <laughs> yeah yeah with them, with them not speaking that's the that's the telltale He's not even he's not even travel. He's not in the lineup. So, you know, Papa's gone. So, I, before, before you continue, I, I hope we get good money in return for him because obviously we're going to do something here in this summer window, and I, I think we need some money to spend money that we can. If we can get some extra money to where we can buy down a day and, and bring in somebody, maybe another DP or something, then uh, you know, of course, uh, let, let's just get yeah. rid of Papa. Hopefully, somebody pays for him. Yeah, man. yeah. I mean, 
He wasn't on the starting. He wasn't on the starting lineup. Obviously, he didn't travel with the team, and he also wasn't on any sort of reports. So my question was to Nagamura, you know, what his thoughts were on the issue overall. And he's been asked several times over the last couple of days with the Fox Sports, you know, break coming through and him wanting to go to League MX, and you know, they're they're firm in their stances. You know, they've heard nothing. They don't know what we're talking about. So obviously, that's going to be their professional outlook on the opinion, but. Obviously, you know, Papa's days here are numbered and, you know, I don't I don't believe he's the best fit for the plans of this team going forward. Okay, that's fun. Hey, we all love him. He did his thing while he was here. He wasn't here too, too long, but you know what? Uh, we all love him and we hope for the best. So, hey, Papa, go, go to Mexico, get some good money in return so we can continue to build this future. And, man, I hope your future is good. But man, Billy. So you know, as far as that that lineup, and you said it was defensive lineup. We're, we're all right. I'm going to call you coach now. Were were you okay with that tactic starting the game? As far as playing that defensive of a role and still playing a four, two, three, one. So you, you're still trying to score, but I don't know. It, it didn't look like it. His tactic was to defend. He played two center DMs with Bartlow playing that one center DM and Barrett playing the other, and they were just told to be aggressive and foul and just don't let them do nothing and there, it was like we couldn't get no attack out of it because everybody was just frustrated so I like how how do you see that yeah I mean that's not obviously my preferred lineup when I saw it come out um not starting Darwin Quintero in a pivotal match where you're trying to hover around playoff spot I don't feel like that's the smartest move I mean I, I get he's trying to be I was trying to engineer a lineup that's going to pres- uh, I don't know, produce results, but I don't I don't think that was it. And I think that he, honestly, I mean credit where it's due. Also, I don't think I think that he was uh, excuse me. I think that he was quick to realize that, and the halftime adjustments were were good. I mean, they came out quick. They came out producing. Um, they were unlucky. Uh, you know, the refereeing is questionable on the match. You know, we, I mean, we'll get to the, the call to end the game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as far as as far as the halftime adjustments, I think he did well. I think he adjusted well at halftime. I think the team did well um, implementing his changes. And um, they were unlucky not to bring points from this game. Well, you know, and, and I I, I today I am going to question Nagamore, and I questioned that tactic to start the game. Yeah, we're on the road. We haven't proven nothing on the road in the past however many friggin' years it is. I think even these uh, biased Orlando commentators, I think said 2014, we haven't run, was the last time since we won more than two road games in a season. It's like, Jesus. <laughs> so uh, we, we don't we don't play well on the road, and we're the worst, uh, according, supposedly we're the worst road team of the, in, in the league for the past uh, eight years, uh, which – Man, uh, but I question the tactics where we, he just goes full out defensive and he's just super aggressive defensively, and then there's, there's just no way to build up and attack off that. And, uh, as far as stats go and numbers go, which I know you're good at, Billy, is uh, it looked like it was stats were right down the middle as far as seasonal breakdown. And Orlando's three and four at home, so they're beatable at home. They're not playing in great form right now. They just played on Wednesday and tied New England on the road. So opportunities definitely here for us. So 
the tactic to be super defensive, I, I question. We should have been a little more attacking and, uh, you know, maybe Bartlow doesn't start. When when Hector Herrera comes here, there's four there's four midfielders: Hector Herrera, Darwin Quintero, Matias Ferrer, and, and Coco Carasquilla. That those four, what three of those four should be starting every single game? And tonight, Coco's out with the yellow card suspension. Uh, you know, whatever again. Uh, so Darwin should have started no matter what Nagamora was thinking. Uh, I I don't know. What, what what do you think? How about the defensive the defensive defensive role? I mean, I get it. I get I get that he's trying to orchestrate something different. He's had success so far this season in, in orchestrating the unfathomable, I guess you could say. But he's definitely yeah. he's definitely brought out that defensive minded for this game. And I think that uh, it just wasn't the right call. But like I said, I think he was quick to change it. I mean, he, he didn't sit and let it rest until the 75th minute before we made any kind of changes. And he brought, I mean... Thor coming on. Also, when you talk about Thor, I mean that that kid has uh, has absolutely elevated his game. Um, every time he comes on the field, he just looks more and more dangerous. He's getting more and more comfortable. Um, we can also talk about the missed opportunities from Memo. So, like I said, the adjustments made from Nagamura at halftime were the right ones, but it didn't necessarily produce into the results that we wanted. Although they were the correct choices, it was questionable in the beginning. But he made the right choices at halftime, and we just were unlucky to get those results. Yeah, he made he made the right adjustments at halftime, and I wish he would have made a tactical adjustment. Now, not a, not necessarily a substitution, but a tactical adjustment there in the first half when it was just pretty obvious they were just in bully mode, and there there was no putting the brakes on with the jackals and. Even though it was five red uh, yellow cards, we can go back and reanalyze them if we see the friggin' uh, highlights. But I, most of those were warranted cards. They were aggressive. They went through the player. Oh, absolutely. So was, like, yeah. So we, we we thought the second half was going to be just horrible. Obviously, the change. No yellow cards in the second half for. Well, I think. We, well, yeah. Well, Thor's yellow card, but no yellow cards in the second half for defensive tackles. So obviously, they they know how to. <laughs> they they know how to play defense and it and it call it was actually different and be aggressive and make calls the pressure but don't foul so when they make the bad passes or their 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 touch has to be quick so the the recipient has to have a great touch and the defender there can make his move but you know just when you're fouling you're not giving your defense a chance you're not and we're we're good we're good defensively we're just we're horrible offensively <laughs> and. But so I don't know. I wish he just would have made another uh, an, an, an adjustment earlier than he than he did. But uh, you know, made it at halftime. He brought in Darwin. He brought in uh, well, Stairs for Parker, which that's just lateral moves. So didn't make a difference really. But. That right there, honestly, I don't understand. When you're making that change, you see, you evaluate, and you see the changes that need to be made. But the question is, honestly, and I didn't get a chance to talk to him on the press conference about this specifically. Um, but why not move Bartlow back and bring DQ into the middle and just in, instead of bringing in Steris and leaving in Bartlow in the mid, you know, it's just, that was kind of a questionable call to me and that, yeah, definitely probably needs to be elaborated on a bit more too. Right. I would, you know, definitely agree with that. Looking at it, I was like, so it looked like Parker went out with a 
injury, shoulder injury or something. So, you know, you think uh, automatically stairs. Upper body, but, upper body, yeah. Uh, yeah, upper body. So, but then you got to remember, Barlow is already on the field. So, yeah, drop him back into his normal position, put DQ in, and you make one sub. You don't have to make two right then. And, and then you get to save a sub for later where you can make a different adjustment if you need to. But so, yeah, that's, that's something. So Nagamore, I don't think, was on his game today. I don't know what it was. Uh, maybe he didn't have a good flight and he's not feeling well. <laughs> but he, he kind of feels like he, too. A bit of unluck, too. You know, I mean, it's just, like I said, the calls were good at halftime, the questionable lineup in the beginning. But obviously, Ethan Bartlow has showed something in training or something in the squad to where it gives Coach Nagamore confidence in putting him in the lineup. So, obviously, he... I mean, he gets more view of the team than we do. He sees something that we do not. And if he starts him in the midfield, he's he's definitely got a reason <clears throat> for that. But obviously, I mean, we don't have that that reasoning. But I mean, we we kind of just have to have faith. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, of course. And I'm not I'm not questioning Barlow's uh, as before. Actually, his performance. Right? He actually he did he did okay. He did. He got a six point five rating and. He, he's he a little uncomfortable well. at times. He's a little uncomfortable yeah. at times, but he, he made some good plays. He made, he did well yeah. considering he was asked to play the midfield. So, and and that's just the lack of experience he has. But he's growing pretty fast, and you know, so it's just like a the tonight's questions. I think for the boys is just Nagamore's tactics and his lack of adjustments, and then his adjustments, and uh, just and then after that was just a lack of luck for us. <laughs> And then Thor, come on, man! Soccer players—they they take drama classes, and you didn't perform. <laughs> yeah, Nagamura spoke on that on the press conference as well. He said we don't do that here, and you're gonna have to—they'll have their inner, their inner discussions upon all that as well. Um, yeah, he, but yeah, he just really took a bad touch, and he's like, "Oh crap! Well, I'm gonna go down. <laughs> there got me somebody near you, bro." <laughs> So that's that just, <laughs> just, just kind of annoying, man. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, any, anybody that's listening tonight, if, you, if y'all have anything y'all want to say or, or jump in on the conversation, just kind of I'm, – I'm watching the chat. Just kind of raise your hand and just, you know, just say I got one more point. And, and, and then, we'll, then we'll get you in here. Of course, Billy, Billy's with us the whole night, so, of course, he's going to be able to chime in as much as he wants. But, yeah, go ahead, Billy. Yeah, I got one more. Uh, obviously, the the game plan coming out with that lineup was a defensive minded approach. Um, you can't. You have to be smart about it. You can't just come out and you know take people to the ground, leave your feet, and be you know irresponsible. The five yellow cards in the halftime uh, before halftime is completely unacceptable. Um, regardless of the calls, it doesn't matter. You have to be careful. Um, they made the adjustments. Obviously, that was part of that halftime, but that, that halftime speech when they came out and they didn't. I mean, I was convinced that we were going to be playing the rest of this game down to man. I was convinced we were going to lose somebody. But yeah, there we are. They did well adjusting at halftime. We were unlucky, but yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, unlucky, but like, like that's why I kind of wish that he would have changed the tactics early because obviously the boys can. They they can change their their their, their mood, especially when you see that we five yellow cards in the first half, and then the second half we we have absolutely zero, and the the pressure is is a lot better. 
and that which allows us to counterattack properly and gave us more opportunity. So I, I wish, you know, just whatever we wish. So that's well, just you need something to look Tyler back. Passer at. Too. Tyler Pasher coming off it's the fun. bench. I mean, I think, I think Dustin said it best oh, with Tyler Pasher. When Tyler Pasher oh, yeah, starts, you, you think he should come off the bench, and whenever he comes off the bench, he does well, and you think that he should start. So. When he comes on and provides that spark, I mean, he's two goals in the last three or four games. Uh, he's done well playing some of the best soccer, like they said, like Eddie Robinson and Glenn, Glenn Davis said. He's playing some of the best soccer of his of his career. And um, just really hoping he can get it, get it turned on for the team, you know. It's just hopefully. You know, it, it, it'll happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. So, you know, I was, I was looking at the – the, the player ratings to see how see how everybody did well because obviously Zeka to in everybody's mind was kind of the player of the game and it felt like he had a lot of possession tonight when the dynamite possession but a lot of a lot of action was on his side but he had a good day Lunquist on the other side had a good day and then Seabass up top of course you know second half he had a good day that he got that no, Tevis, nice Tevis better, better every week <laughs> yes dude it's finally Six six goals, three assists on the year. I think he's uh, he's higher than his uh, XP right now, so uh, he, he's doing better than a, a lot of people had thought. So uh, you know, people we are just worried out about him. Else, but, yeah, of course they were. It was it was funny how people how quick people were turning at the beginning of the season. Like just calm down, calm down. It takes a second, and of course we're we're the last place team, so. How do you bring in a goal scoring striker to a last base team that, that can't score to begin with? So give, yeah, give him time. He's he's growing. Houston's growing. You know, they, they show they can play at times. Just depends on just depends on well, you know how they're feeling in the moment. I guess the first half was two different. First and second half were two different moments tonight. Uh, just it definitely could have been different. Uh, you have any special hidden stats or anything that stood out to you that that definitely represented the game or the reason why we lost or the reason why we were making that come that attempted comeback and just didn't finish? Honestly, I really just think that I mean it's the half time adjustments I was really I really, really have. It was uh, something we've been we've been talking about in recent weeks about how they they adjusted halftime. And I think they did well. I lost you there. Sorry about that. We were really, on mute. Oh, there you go. There you go. Okay. Yeah, you were breaking up pretty. Uh, all right. You were you were breaking up there pretty freaking bad. So that's that's why you probably got to go mute there for a second because it was uh it was breaking up. But yeah. little communication. But, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, and communication issue, but yeah. But yeah, I mean, honestly, I think yeah, the most important yeah. thing to take the most important thing to take from the match is that we made the correct adjustments at halftime. And they came out and they looked like the better team in the second half. I don't have any specific uh, statistics from this game yet. I haven't been able to digest anything that's come out just yet, but we will get all that information out as soon as possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just, we just got to be positive. We just got to 
keep plugging away and we're basically we're playing with house money until Hector Herrera gets here. And um, that's the important thing just to maintain in the league as far as standings uh, until we get that, those adjustments made. Yeah, obviously with this loss tonight, we're going to, we're going to fall in the place. Vancouver is currently upsetting Dallas in Dallas to the nil with uh, eight minutes to go. So we're, we're about to drop and, uh, my threshold for the season was a six to nine spot. So we're going to be in 10th. We got some work to do with a, a home game coming up against Chicago and Chicago getting a one nothing win today at home. So they're going to come in with some, some high hopes. And uh, you, you're not gonna, he, he's got to, he's got to figure it out. And, you know, Billy, you said you didn't get a chance to look at the stats, but uh, possession 46 to 54 in favor of Houston. Uh, total shots, 18 to 13 favor of Orlando. Big chances, 5 to nothing Orlando. <laughs> so crazy. But uh, we had more accurate passes. We had a better accurate percentage. Of course, we had a lot more fouls in Orlando. It was 16 to 11. I'm sure that was more Orlando towards the end when they got up to 11. But uh, we, we did have five shots on target out of the 13, and they had six out of the 18. So I mean, we were decent, but a lot of those stats are built up for the second half. And it, it just if you could have had a, a tell of two equal two equal halves, the first half would have been more like the second half. Definitely <laughs> a tell. I mean, that was not the same at all. Yeah, not at all, man. It could have been a different game, but you know, I, I get you want to play defense. You're on the road. You don't perform well on the road. Once you, once you start playing the game and you get a feel for it in that first 15 minutes and you see what you can do, uh, change your tactics a little bit. And you're giving the wings up, so you know Orlando's going to play the wings, and they did exactly that. So that's I'm expecting that. We We're even expected that. We're one win away from our, our league total last year, if I'm not mistaken. You know, we're looking at. Steve Clark with his 198th appearance overall in the league. DQ with his 114th, even though he didn't start, which was a mistake, in my opinion. Um, yes. I mean, there's leadership. There's leadership on the team. Steve Clark, he's huge. I mean, bringing him in is probably one of the one of the better moves. I mean, we would be in a lot worse off position if it wasn't for Steve Clark and his leadership in between the sticks. Oh, and his performance. Yeah, yeah. His leadership and his performance. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. He's a minutes leader, too. Dude, man, dude the minutes and this, the, 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 the action, the, everything, he's protecting, he's talking, he's leading. Yeah, and Sebastian's trying to do the same on the opposite end. But, man, with that man, yeah, absolutely. And then you, you said it, 198 starts. So, where's his 200 start going to be? Going week and deeply? In Portland. Well, no. Listen, we also have. Uh, I got a friend of mine who's a a friend, uh, a friend of mine who's a fan of the Portland uh, Timbers, and he said, "Wait till we get Steve Clark coming out with his Michael Myers mask." He's also quite a character, and he speaks really clearly as far as regards to the team. So it's always a pleasure to interview him as well. <laughs> well, good. So hopefully, you know, and that game's in Portland, so I'm hoping Steve Clark just comes out and. Says, Beast, and we can get that road win because that would suck, man. We could we come home for Chicago on Saturday, and then the, the following Wednesday we're at, we're at Portland before we come back home for a two game stretch against Chicago, and then Hector Herrera shows up for the FC Dallas game. 
So, you know, Naga's got some work to do, so I'm hoping that he's already on the plane back because he's got some work to do, man. He's got some tape to, re some, some tape to review, kind of like you do tonight. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely got a lot of information to digest in this game. Uh, we do know that uh, Corey Barrett isn't our number one option over there either. We just can't wait to see, see these pieces upgraded either. Well, you know, I got, I'm glad you brought up Corey Baird because uh, I was I was thinking about that earlier. How Corey Corey Baird still gets a lot of time. Uh, yes, yes, we paid a lot for him, but if if you're not good, you know, we, we don't have to use you just because we paid for you. So we we lost our money, even if you're horrible. So there's there's no saving that. But he's been playing a lot, which means whatever he's doing, he's keeping his mouth shut and he's he's at practice doing what Nagamore is telling him to do. So he keeps getting playing time and keeps getting chances. and But I think because of what he's making, we can't get rid of him and we can't drop him. But I think eventually he's going to have to be one of those players that, hey, you got to go off the roster because somebody's coming in to take your place, brother. So, unless we get that DP winger anytime soon, I mean, I'd rather see, you know, once Hector Herrera gets here, I'd rather see DQ or Memo out there on the wing for an extended period of the game. Not the whole game, obviously, but, I mean, I'd rather see them out there than Corey Barrett or Griffin Dorsey. Yeah, no, DQ could absolutely start and play a maximum 70 minutes. Maximum, now. I'll say maximum yeah, 70 minutes. And then, right. Yeah, Faster comes in, and if Tiago can start showing us something, he comes in. You still have Beto over there that he can come in. Papa's going to be gone, so who's coming in in the summer window? Is it going to be the Honduran that we that we heard rumors about? That'd be nice, but you, you never know. Honstad's uh, pretty good about keeping things silent, and you, you eventually find out. But I'm very curious. But that window doesn't start till July 7th, so we still set, we still have some time. But players are moving, obviously, from uh, overseas and. And they're they're in their off season over there. So players are moving left and right. So it's time to say players want to start their season in Europe or they want to come over here to the MLS and make some real money. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and Beto made his Beto made another start. And you know, he did well. He had his struggles. But I do want to make a correction that the T V broadcast made earlier in the game when they went on this tangent about how he loses possession earlier in his in in his having the ball. Um, Sebas took the ball off his feet. I just want to clear that up. He didn't lose the ball right there. Sebas literally took the ball off his feet. But, yeah, I just wanted to clear that up. Oh, yeah. When there was that, that mix-up right there? Yeah, in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. they're like, well, obviously they don't have permission with each other. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. You don't really don't know. It's, 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 but it's nice, to see, it's nice to see him play, though. It's nice to see Beto start. It's nice to have that pathway from Dynamo Dose. I mean, we get to talk to Kenny Bunny all the time in these press conferences, and his his insight on the Dynamo Dose is it's astronomical. I mean, like his, his, his knowledge is, is really endless, and I just want to say that the hands of this organization are in, or the future of this organization are in good hands. I mean, he's he does a phenomenal job over there with these young guys. And the Kyle Edwards acquisition is really exciting, too. So, but yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We're looking forward to that. So, when do Dada those play next? And go ahead and mention when the Dash play next while you're at it. 
specific date on. Oh, I thought you had I'll it play, back here. That, no, that's play tomorrow at 4 o'clock, actually. They play North Carolina Curves. That's going to be right. right. At, at North Carolina, right, or at home. Yeah, what do you think about North Carolina? At North Carolina, okay. At North Carolina. But well, that's gonna be a good. I mean, that's gonna be a good game. I think we uh, I think we beat them last time, but that was a home game, of course. So, you know, it, it's gonna be a little, a little different. But you know, North Carolina's good, aren't they? You know. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about the signing though? The, the new coach signing. Oh, uh, pretty exciting. Uh, uh, who was it? Who was it? Who the heck was it? Juan Carlos Amaros. No, oh, excuse me. Okay, I, I, your questions came together. I thought, uh, I, I thought uh, you're talking about North Carolina still. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I, you know, I do, I do like the, the coach signing, and you know, I, I think he's, you know, he's going to be a right fit. Is he going to be a long term fit? I'm not sure, but it, he's, he's definitely going to help Sarah out in the in the long run, and so I believe in him. But uh, you, you've had some more. So, so more in touch with him. So, what, what do you think? How, how's he gonna How's he gonna fit in for the dash? And what do you expect from him? Well, I love his tactics. I mean, the the interview that they had come out with him prior to the uh, the announcement of his signing. Uh, his he has a tactical mind like few that we have seen run the dash before, and it's extremely exciting. Um, he's been working with Coach Loden um, offsite already. Everyone was on the same page. As far as the signing goes, whenever Sarah took over, it was it was mentioned. You know, it wasn't like a blind side. Everyone was on the same page. They were aware of what was happening, and this is the end of the process that they had already implemented since the beginning of the since the announcement of the Clarkson investigation. Which is, you know, we don't touch on that very often. Well, I'm looking forward to the new coach. Either way, so I'm, uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, obviously, uh, he's not here yet. I think he still has maybe a couple weeks to go, from my understanding. Just FYI, Billy, you broke up. Can't hear you no more. Um, so, lo- looking forward. Let's see what the Dash can do tomorrow. Uh, they came off. The, they're coming off a four nothing loss at home, or five nothing loss at home. I forget what it was because I stopped counting. <laughs> so, we definitely need to have a great, a, good, a better performance. We're missing a lot of players so that's going to be a, a huge thing for the dash tomorrow we're just going to have to see how they're going to perform you never know they might do something like Naga did tonight Naga did tonight just freaking sit back and defend and hope they can <laughs> get a draw and then maybe change the tactics towards the end I'm back Billy, you get any of that I said right, okay. <laughs> yeah we heard, we heard a little bit and then you broke up you know uh, we we do have a couple guests that are that have jumped in tonight, Giuseppe and Marlon, and I, I think they both have a couple questions. So, what, Marlon, Marlon, bro, do you, have, do you have a question for the crew tonight, or a topic he would to talk about? I guess not because he said click. He hit the X instead of the turn your microphone up. But Giuseppe. How about you, bro? Do you have anything you would like to say tonight? It, it looks like you have a question over in the chat. Would you like to come on? All right. Well, we'll, we'll hey, ask you. Tonight. 
There you are, brother. How you doing, man? What's up? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, I wish I could say better with the diamond win, but you know what? You learn every day. You learn after every game. Of course. That's the only way you're going to get better. It's not like we're expecting the MLS contender. You know, we just we want to see improvement. We want to see competitiveness. But what you got for us today, man? Um, I'm curious. Um, the what lineup do y'all think uh, Nagamura is going to play once Hedera comes? Y'all think he's going to you know load up the midfield or, or what do y'all think? You know, for me, honestly, without getting into too many details, and I'll, I'll let Billy talk and see if, you know what his opinion is here. But without getting into too many details, is I'm hoping for a little bit of a formation change, and maybe it's Seabass and Thor up top, or Summer Edition comes up, maybe. Or we stick with that four two three one. I'm not not sure, but uh, like I was kind of mentioning earlier, it's Hector Herrera, Darwin Quintero, Matias Vera, and Coco Carastia. Of the four, three of those must start the game, no matter what. And if we can get all four on the field at the same time, I, I might be happy with that. But to get all four on, you kind of have to have a four four two, or you're sticking DQ on a wing at some point. Uh, and we, you don't know if he's going to work out out there or not, unless they're, they're they've been working on it. So that that's a, my that's kind of like my take. But or what I'm hoping for is a four four two, a formation change, and those midfielders work all together and just dominate. But uh, well, Billy, what you think, man? Definitely. I mean, you can't sit Matias Vera. Vera is not going to sit. There's no chance. So the midfield has to be Coco, Hector Herrera, and Matias Vera. Period. There's no other way about it. They can change the formation if they want to. But, I mean, we could put DQ on the wing. We can just, I mean, wherever we need him to be, he will be. But those three in the midfield have to be the starting lineup on, you know, the majority of the games that are started once Hector Herrera gets here. That's that's my view on it. And, and you know, I think he figures it out. And I, I kind of like shoot the 4-4-1-1, the, the, the four, four, one, one, baby. Maybe you start a, a memo or a, or a pasture back in midfield, or or Beto plays a little bit of a defensive winger type, but and Seabass is up top with DQ playing right behind him. Something I, I don't I don't know. Naga's definitely got some work to do, <laughs> and we definitely want to see something a little bit different. We're not sure about the formation. Uh, we don't think we have the players that fit that formation right now. So I think we need to make a change, and then Nakamura can build his team to the style that he ex- that he wants to try to instill in this team. And I think he can do it. He just might have to make some adjustments for now to to build and work his way there. But you know, Billy, I, I agree with you. I think it's Barrett, Coco, and Hector Herrera need to be the starting three midfielders if we stick with the current formation. And DQ moves out to the wing or comes in as a sub to replace one of those. Or, you know, like I said, if, if one of those have to don't start that day, then DQ does start. Of those four, three of them have to start every single game. So uh, hopefully I think that, that, that answers your question. I think that but you definitely really, have to. Yeah, I think you definitely have to have those three starting. And maybe you have DQ play his 60 minutes a game. Maybe he starts on the wing, Pasher comes in. You still run that 4-2-3-1, let Coco slip up an offensive instead of DQ, and then you still have DQ in your attack as well, doing overlapping runs with whoever is on his side of the field, you know. Yeah, there's definitely a lot we can do tactically and formationally-wise and just defensively and attacking-wise. So 
Uh, they just need to figure it out. The chemistry needs, just needs to come. Tonight in the first half, the, the chemistry was not there. It was defensive bully style. And once we got possession, it was just gone. Like they, their soccer IQ dropped, and the YMCA club team could have gone out there and beat the Dynamo the way the, the Dynamo were playing in the first half with the, uh, that attack. And <laughs> it was just kind of a joke. But gotta be you know, gotta be happy with the way the adjustments were made. That you have to be happy. You have to be satisfied. Oh, yeah, yeah. The results you have to be satisfied with the adjustments that were made at halftime. I want to specify that it's extremely important. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, we mentioned that earlier too. That we think, thank God he did make the adjustments. Uh, I wish Parker wasn't hurt, so he he or he just would have made that adjustment better, but. Yeah, make the make. It's just it's so. I don't know. I I used to. It's coach a difficult and, situation. It's a difficult situation. He's trying to get the yeah. best out of the team that he has right now. We all know what it is right now. We're not very good. The Dynamo are not very good. They're not very good at scoring. They're not very good at creating chances. They do what they can do best as good as they can and getting him to mitigate the damage in the process is all we can ask for right now. Like I said, house money until Hector Herrera gets here. And honestly, it's just, you, you look for the positives, you look for the hat hangers, you look for anything you can hang your hat on right now and any positives we will take, you know, and this is a rebuilding process. We know what the team is. We know the process is going to be a slow one. And we just, we take it day by day. We take it big game by game. And adjustments by adjustments. You know, he made the right adjustments this game. We hang our hat on that. We move on to the next. But, yeah. Yeah, correct. You know, at least he, he realizes that it, what was what was happening wasn't working, and he had to make a – and it wasn't just a, a small adjustment either. He had to make a big adjustment. It was kind of basically a turnaround adjustment. And I'm glad he did make it at halftime. It didn't come out and stick to what he was trying to do and then and then say, hey, let's activate the adjustments. So – yeah, thank God he did it at halftime. The boys came out. They looked different. They played different. They they put some force on Orlando. Unfortunately, Orlando got that second goal, and <clears throat> luckily Seabass was able to just come right back. And I think it was just even less than sixty seconds. But with, without Seabass, we were just dead in the friggin' water, and couldn't, nothing was happening. So uh, they gave us hope. And at, at, at points there, you're like, okay, the second goal is coming, and there's still a lot of time left. Can can we what? Can we actually you know come back and win this game? So that that's just I think that's why we lean towards well for me, and I kind of feel like that way. But lean towards like that first half, just the adjustments were made earlier, or if we, if we did just didn't come out so defensive, this game could have been a different ending, a different tell. You know, it could have gone Orlando's way if we came out and attacked early in the beginning, and they could have they could have bit us. So you know, you never know. It's just right now, it's hindsight. I think if we just could have could have changed the tactics to start the game a little bit, a little bit more attacking and not so defensive, and could have been a different game. But you know, after after all the game and after all this, guys, you know, uh, Marlon, you want to jump in and, and speak up, Giuseppe? If you got anything else you'd like to say, Billy, you want to add anything? Otherwise, uh, you know, I think the, I think we can take the the rocket ship back to Houston from Orlando, get back on the training field, and 
we have a uh, Chicago Fire coming in who got their one up to win today and not have been having a good season at all. So, really, what, what do you think coming forward with the, uh, for for next Saturday at home? I think we just look forward. We take the positives from this match and just try and focus on those positives. You know, yeah, we can be disappointed in their ability to finish, obviously. Um, but the chances are there, which means that the changes are being made. Uh, it's a slow process. And, you know, we just we look forward. You know, we're, we're trying to maintain, maintain positivity. But at the same time, we want to look in the uh, look at look with the eyes of, uh, you know, realism as well. So. Right. And when you speak of real ass, realism, it's like, let's just make it clear to you guys that, hey, this is a rebuilding process and, and rebuilds. <laughs> Rome wasn't built in a day to go back to, you know, in time and quote that quote. But so, yeah, Dynamo have to take their time and they have to do what they're doing. And it's not going to be an overnight process. FedEx ain't going to deliver tomorrow. And we have an MLS Cup. So we have to be patient. We just have to understand the process. And to us, with our eyes, as long as we can see, like, the process to us is going in the right direction or explained to us properly, mm-hmm. the way we see it's going in the right direction, I think, you know, the real fans can, can keep their, their mind their mind straight, just just focus on what we're doing right now and, and, and move forward. And those uh, bandwagoners, just, they'll just wait and whatever. They can buy their tickets on the last row in the top, in the top and just – uh, they can catch all the heat before it makes it down to my row. <laughs> Definitely moving forward. The organization is moving forward. It's visible. It's tangible. You can touch it. You can see it on the field. I mean, it's not like you said. It's not a slow, or it's not a it's not a quick process. You know, we're gonna yeah. we're gonna be seeing this happen for a little bit. We're gonna be discussing these same issues over and over for a few, you know, for a little while. And once that's, I mean, I don't know. I, I, the way I see it is that we're making the adjustments that we need to make, and the team. You know, Ted Siegel, Pat on said they're making the right decisions. It's we've got issues like Matthias Ferris green card. We've got the uh, structured deal for Matt Jordan for teenagers. Davy. we've got things that are, we're waiting on to be corrected. They're mistakes from the past regime and they're not necessarily tied to this new regime. So we give them the benefit of the doubt. Yes, we're real on it. Yes, we're disappointed. Um, but we look forward. We, we continue to be positive. And we try and find the good and the changes that are being made. And both those things you mentioned can be fixed very soon. Uh, from what I understand, Vera is very close to getting it back. So hopefully that will be taken care of very soon and get that international spot back. And then Hadebi, uh, I think we just need to acquire the money. And, and that may come from the FAFA or something else to just to buy down teenage. But teenage is very feasible to work by him down. And from what I not- understand... From what I understand, the deal that was structured with the Davy is actually Matt Jordan's deal, and there's a reason why it hasn't been bought down yet. It's not specifically financial. It's more of the the language of the deal that Matt Jordan put in place. So it's more of his his skeletons in the closet, so to speak. So they can't necessarily act on that yet, but I can assure you that it's on the forefront of their mind. Yeah. Hello. Uh, well, I guess that guy number. Number twenty-three, he, he still still sits in her nightmares. I'm annoyed with him, but hey, Marlo, man, uh, you got something hey. you want to add to the show? Hey, can you hear me? Absolutely, we can, bro. What's up? All right, bro. 
All right. Hey, how's it going, guys? You, you pretty much touched up on uh, on touch on everything uh, related to the game. Uh, today was one of those games where, like you said, uh, a tale of two stories or two games because the first half we came unprepared. It seemed like uh, we were too aggressive on defense. Uh, we got in trouble too early. Uh, but to me, it goes back to the way the coach uh, – set up the starting lineup. I think he's falling in some ways into what uh, Tab Ramos used to do, where if we're on the road, we're going to play to, to you know, for, for a point maybe. And I'm not saying – I'm not saying he's going 100% in that direction, but uh, I'm sorry, but the way I – my logic is, okay, so, yeah, we're we're not a team that is complete yet, and, and we still – you know, in the in the process of getting all the pieces together, but if we, Orlando's not a a great team, so it's not like you want to Seattle or Portland or some other team that you know is doing really good. Uh, my idea was so when when they when they showed the lineup, uh, I I mean nobody liked it. Uh, I would have loved to see Beto on the left, uh, Sebas in the middle, and Pash on the right. Keep it keep the speed and keep uh, some type of uh, aggressiveness uh, where you don't let their defense go up too much. At least keep them on their side. Uh, it didn't work out like that. So it seemed like he was going for maybe a, a one one zero zero. 0 The problem with that is that the fans will will criticize you for that because you can say, well, I don't have the team to you know, go and be aggressive and, and, and go for a win. But the problem is that when you – play to to not lose and then you lose uh you end up looking worse because now you can say well you know we didn't even try to to be aggressive so we lost so in my opinion i think the second half what i liked about the second half is that he the players look more loose and and of course dq made a big difference right away you can tell the way he uh he expands the field and he just he just you know he finds openings and he's the only player that can do that in the team uh, throughout. So those things that I like were the second half, uh, how we were aggressive and, and we had chances. Uh, I felt like the referees were uh, there. The referee was bad today, but we, you know, it's the MLS. So it's really hard to expect anything better than that. Um, so yeah, uh, somebody, so I was watching was it in he, Spanish. Was, was he bad though? Yeah. Was I mean, it was, it was yeah, pretty, some the last mutual. call of the game was not correct. The offside on DQ was not. Yeah. Correct. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so, okay. Well, that's that's. We'll, we'll, so let's save that very last call because I think I think Billy brought that up at the beginning. We did, we be kind of saving that last call. But as far as the the, the whole game overall, you know, the and the referee and he he has a reputation and he knows he's known for how he referees the game. So that's very expected. So. For us to come in and play to the referee's style was a misfortune. Not a misfortune. It was a, Gotta be a bad tactical. Yeah, it was a bad yeah. tactical move on us. We and this referee is still young. I think this was his thirty eighth, his thirty eighth career MLS uh, center. So that that's still pretty young for his experience. I mean, granted, he has a lot of experience because to get to the MLS, you have to referee a friggin' million games. But he showed yeah, his cards. But- uh, those were aggressive cars, so man, go ahead, go ahead. And I think I, I no, go ahead, go ahead. I, I feel I feel like okay, so a good referee number one, yes, 
you gotta tell them, hey, stop it. You do that again, or the team does that again, we start giving yellows. But when you start, you know, kind of like taking over the game by giving yellow cards to every play, it becomes where it becomes a thing where the other. Uh, in our case, our team was like really well. Look, there was a point. In the, there was there was a point in the game where it was actually uh, it was towards the end of the first half and. And the Dynamo, I, I want to say it was Mimo on the sideline. I forget who it was, but the ref when they showed the referee, he was he blew the whistle and he was walking or not, he was jogging towards the sideline. He just put his hands up like, "Dude, what are you doing?" Like it, it's yeah. just it was just blatantly obvious that we were we were intentionally fouling, intentionally being aggressive. So I, I don't blame the referee. At all for this. So, like, like, no, no. like we said earlier, five yellows in the first half, none in the second half, except for Thor's theatrical misprint. Right, but what that goalie, the way the goalie came out, that's a red card because first he showed his. Uh, it, start. Is, it is. It is. That, it is. That, 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 that should have been a red to me, but but I know he's he's, he's the best player probably. <laughs> to be honest, at least he was the best player today. And maybe he didn't want to look like, you know, they're at home and the referee maybe didn't want to look like an ass by giving a red card to the goalie, uh, especially because so they were I'll, winning. So. I'll explain why it wasn't a red card. Because you didn't see studs up. And even when you watched the replay, you didn't see the studs goal up. Goal scoring. It really, it really, well, it was, not a goal, it was not denying of a goal scoring opportunity because which way man. was the ball? No, he was not the last man because which way did the ball go? So remember the rule. Well, sorry. All right, y'all are not referees. So the rule would dictate for nine of the goal scoring opportunity that the ball must be going toward the direction of the goal. The ball did not go towards the direction of the goal. It went away from the direction of the goal. So if it takes it in a away direction, and those 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 center defenders, they were they were there in the midfield and tracking back as well. So when you go away from goal. You, that and then the referee looks to see where those defenders are. So that was not a, a design of a goal scoring opportunity. It's discretionary I, too. It, it will, yeah, obviously yeah. it is very, very discretionary, very discretionary. But like I said, you're going to be very hard to find a referee that's going to make that one. One, the keeper was so far out; it wasn't close to the 18. It was more like 30 or 35 yards. It was 30 yards out, probably. So far out, and then the ball went towards the sideline, towards the AR. So it was that's that's very hard to get a red card out of that. Yeah, from a referee we, perspective, right? But we're judging it based on how he he uh, how aggressive he was with the yellow cards. Not to say that some were bad uh, from the players, but um, yeah. So if you're gonna, you can't dictate a game. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be hard in the first half and then lay back in the second half. So he should. If he's going to be aggressive, he needs to be all the way. All the way. I can can agree. I can agree with that, too. You know, if you start out aggressive, you need to finish the game aggressive and control your match. If you're going to control your match, you do it one way. You don't do it one way, one half, and one way, another. Which, I mean, not saying that I'm not putting any blame on the referee. Obviously, we lost that match. The way it goes is their controversial call at the end on the offsides, that's a different story. But as far as the other calls, that's that's on us as well being too aggressive we have to be more we have to be smarter about that we have to be we have to be more careful we have to be 
more diligent in the way that we we approach our our defensive uh, game plan. <clears throat> and I know that we want to have that that defensive game plan, especially coming out um, quickly. But yeah, you can't. Some of those fouls were silly. But yeah, I mean, I I get what you're saying, Marlon, on the ref. I I agree in a sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and another another thing uh, besides the ref. Uh, so I'm watching the game in Spanish in the second half when Barlow got moved to uh, center back. He played left uh, left mid, I believe. He started. Yeah. He was he was lost. I mean he, I mean there's a funny thing is that the guy the guy na- uh, narrating the game he said uh, oh Barlow's coming in and I'm like yeah nobody saw Barlow the first half so I guess he is coming in. <laughs> it, that was. So that was a bad experiment. I think I think the co- that's on the coach though. I mean, unless you really have to where the player playing left is injured and you're like, okay, I'm going to have to throw you in there because you have to. Uh, but I don't know. I think he was kind of uh, like an experiment maybe. I don't know. I, I, I didn't like he, that move, but yeah, I didn't like that move at all. I think it goes back to, you know, honestly, we were, like I said, we were all shocked by the, the lineup announcement as well. Um, but I think it goes back to some of the decisions he's made in some of the previous matches where, you know, we were all kind of up in arms and wondering why he made the decisions that he made and they actually were successful. So it's kind of, he's searching for that spark, different lineups, different positions, different sparks. He's looking for that spark like we had against Nashville to where, you know, we get more bite on the team and we get more, for, more bang for our buck, so to speak. And yeah, I mean, it didn't work out this time. And I, I mean, we were shocked, obviously. But like I said, he made the quick tra- he made the quick changes. He allowed them time until the ha- until the until the halftime whistle to uh, to implement the game plan that was originally stated. And when that game plan didn't work, he made the changes that were necessary. They didn't work out, but the the, the chances created they were that's exactly what we were looking for. Obviously, we wanted more from them, but but the, the chances from those changes were positive. But yeah, I mean, it was questionable to start the game. Um, I think that decision came from previous decisions, previous lineups, previous what he sees that we don't, you know, in training with Ethan Barlow, who is a good player. I mean, he's done well, but um, he was a bit lost at point in times in this match for sure. Yeah, another another thing was that uh, uh, what was what was I gonna say? Uh, yeah. Oh, so I don't know if you guys remember before DQ started playing more. Uh, it was at the beginning where he was not starting. He would come in in the second half. We're already losing 1-0 or 2-1 or whatever. Uh, I used to argue with these guys on Twitter because I'm like, okay, so if he's the best creative player you have, isn't it easier to create something in the first half and maintain it than having to come out with a miracle in the second half? Yeah, like take your chances and maybe we tie, maybe we win in the second half. So to me... And of course, it's obvious that most people thought, "Why, why is DQ coming in the second half when he had two weeks off?" So it's not like it's not like he's tired. I mean, he could be tired, but not not enough to say, "Oh, he played Wednesday or he played last weekend, so we're gonna give him a chance to come in the second half and just you know do something." But that was to me that was the, probably the worst decision to to not starting from the beginning and let let Orlando kind of dictate from the beginning. Of course, we switched it in the second half, but I'm not saying it was too little, too late. But but when you're losing, you start looking at the clock, and yeah. everything becomes your enemy. You know, you're like, oh crap! You know, we need to tie it, and then 
hopefully we can win it. So to me, it's better to hold on to a tie where you can probably bring, bring Saren in or another defensive midfield that can help you maintain the, 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 the lead instead of trying to make, make a miracle every, every other weekend. That's the strategy you're looking for. I mean, you're looking for someone, you're looking for the team to come in and get that early lead and be able to defend and make their adjustments while ahead. Um, obviously, it's more difficult uh, to chase from behind, and that's probably not the game plan. But, I, I mean, I agree. Um, DQ should have started. Um, I give him the benefit of the doubt, obviously, from this, from his uh, previous lineup adjustments that have been successful. But this one, that's a, that's not. That's a hard, hard benefit to doubt because, you know, Coco's missing. So, obviously, we expected Memo to start his place. And then DQ didn't start and Bartlow started. So, basically, it was a DQ since the bench for a Bartlow. And Vera still gets to start. So, we're super, one, we were super surprised that that's the lineup that we went with. You're going dub, double defensive mid. You're starting Baird up top, who's not shown us anything well, on the wing. Who's not shown us anything consistently this season. So, Looking at that lineup, we already like all right, we're going de- we're going defensive today. We're going defensive, so we're going to be trying to get the counter. But then when they came out and started playing bully mode, you, you don't have a chance to get the counter attack on because there's just no there's no chemistry and no continuity between all the no the combo players play. Yeah, there's nothing, dude. It's, you don't have Bear at the top off. of the box. Bear at the top of the box is like a bull in the china shop. I mean, he's not what you want creating <laughs> at the top of your box. I, it's not what I want creating at the top of the box. Obviously, I'd rather no. see DQ out there or Pasher coming in, obviously. But um, Juan Tater gets here, obviously. But uh, yeah, I mean, we just we have problems. We have we know what the team is. We know what they struggle with, and we're pretty much stuck with dealing with what they have at the moment. We don't have a choice. We pretty much stuck with either Corey Baird. Or Griffin Dorsey, or if he wants to put Memo out on the wing, depending on what lineup he wants to run with. But, I mean, we're really just kind of stuck right there right now. And it's just, like I said, we find those positives and we, we move on. All right. Well, speaking of moving on, we're going we're gonna to segue to Zeka now. So, Zeka obviously had a hell of a game. And I, I, yes. I'm assuming since he was in the press conference, the first one was to speak, that he was the, the Dynamo player of the game. Uh, Billy, you want to confirm that, or was it even said who was the Dynamo player of the game? Um, I actually have not confirmed. Okay. Well, we're, we're going to – I give, I give it to him. him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's I give it to him. It was Zeka. He, he played well tonight. He had a lot of action in the game. I'm pretty sure yes. if we go back and look at the touches, he had a lot of touches for tonight's game. Uh, and even – even while the game was going on, so let's start this little debate before we move on to the last topic. But Zeka, and it, it started spark. Somebody said something. It, it did not spark a debate, but it was just like mentioned in the La Hinchada uh, chat. But they're like, "Was well, Zeka should be in the midfield?" And then I, I kind of like, you know, Zeka belongs where he's at. He belongs in that yes. right wing back, yeah, in my opinion. And let's fix the midfield. Because Zekka knows how to play defense, and he plays defense well, but he loves to push up, and he gets into the attack, and his technical gift is is why he's Brazilian, probably. <laughs> it, or, or what, yeah, yeah, so, it's like, 
leave him in the right wing back as the defensive guy, and he gets to push up into the attack. And let's fix the midfield. Hector Herrera's coming in. Coco will be there next to him. And and figure out those friggin' figure out the top three. Figure out your attacking line. Don't worry about second. Leave him back, and let's build. Let's build from the back. Defense wins champions, and work your way up front. So I'm pretty sure that summer window is going to be focused on offense only. Yeah, Zach is fine. Yeah. Um, he's definitely, in my opinion, my right back. I mean, he's done well. I think he came in a lot of shape coming from uh, Vasco da Gama and his uh, lack of playing is before he got here. Um, right. But I think he's done well. I think he's the right back that we're looking for. Um, he does well in overlapping runs. He's His quality on the ball is unquestioned. He was on the gold medal team for Brazil. Um it's like riding a bike. You don't forget that kind of skill. Uh, he's definitely and has he started all all six of those games. He started right. Yeah, no, yeah. Zeka he, definitely has the quality on the ball, and he's a good piece to our our rebuild for sure. It's it doesn't show he, all the time, but you know, combined with new uh, acquisitions going forward, he's going to be he's going to get better and better. He could right. be, in my opinion, and I said this before, he could be the Danny Alves that you know, in in, in maybe in a lower. Level, you can say, uh, how he played for Barcelona, where he was an extra midfielder, but uh, he but I think Seca is more he has the defensive minded uh mentality too, so he can he can do both, I believe. I mean, he, you like you said, uh, Billy, he's he's got in shape and his touches are very good, he he becomes an extra midfielder on the top where he forces the defense to to not push up so much. And he kind of eliminates that guy in some ways uh, on the right. And um, so, yeah, I, to me, he was the player of the game because of what he did. Plus he had that assist and he's, he looks in shape. I mean, to me, the question is who, who's going to help him on that side of the field? Because uh, what's his name? Uh, the other Brazilian guy, uh, he's, he's still young and he, you can tell they're still working on the chemistry um, because uh, there are games where they communicate good, but there's some games where uh, I can't think. What's his name? Uh, uh, the young Brazilian. Yeah, Tiago. Tiago. Tiago still struggles with with communicating. Like the runs that he makes, sometimes he gets lost in there. But he's gotten better though. I don't know if he's the it answer is. for them. Um, Talking about Tiago. Talking Tiago. Yeah, Tiago. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's really yeah. Well. He hasn't showed a whole lot um, early. He's kind of smaller, and he's had some issues with the communication so far. But, I mean, that's to be expected. New league, new language, uh, new teammates. Uh, we really don't know what exactly he's capable of bringing just yet. But, I mean, obviously, he's, he's disappointed a little bit so far. But that's to be expected. Um, I think, he's, I think he, uh, he has the opportunity to, be, to do well. Um, we'll see, you know, we'll see how the uh, the chemistry goes with the new acquisitions, whoever we may choose to replace. And I, I spoke to uh, Naga on the on the FAPA issue as well this uh, this evening on the press conference. <clears throat> We've had several questions to him recently, and I asked him again tonight, and they still refuse to kind of iterate on the subject, which is understandable. But obviously, we've we've heard from around the league and from Fox Sports and that the chemistry isn't there with him and the team specifically, and that he's looking to play in Liga MX. Um, that's a, it's a burning need that we have on the team is this position. So, you know, it's, it's kind of a big deal, but 
Um, you know, it's, it's sad to see, but it, it is what it is. It's a business and we, we look to move forward. I, I think in my opinion, at this point, we need to probably not say disconnect, but pretend that or assume that uh, Fafa is not going to be with us anymore. You can tell he's slowly, he's gotten, uh, I don't know, comfortable thinking that he's not part of this team anymore. I mean, if, if, if it's, if it's true that Pumas in Mexico wants him, and if he gives a chance to go over there, I mean, good for him. But to be honest, he's not the answer for the long run. I mean, he probably has one or two more seasons here where he could be productive. And he's been inconsistent this year. I think last year he did well. I mean, because the team we had was it was horrible. So he was the spark. Uh, but going yeah. on, uh, going forward, I don't think he's the he's the he's the answer. Yeah, I mean, when you're when your strategy is, you know, trying to control the ball out of the midfield or out of the back and uh, looking for balls over the top, it's not the best way to evaluate either your wingers or your number nine. Um, same, same, same argument that I had when people were downing Seppis in the beginning. You know, you don't have the ability to properly evaluate what he's really capable of so far because of the way that we're we're forced to play. So, um, yeah, he's not what we're looking for specifically in this new style of play that we're going to be moving forward with. But, you know, like you said, good, I mean, good luck to him. I mean, he's been fantastic for the club. He did well whenever that was what we were forced to go with. But right now we're, we're looking, we're looking at our other avenues. Well, good. All right. So, you know, now, now that we've <laughs> Spoken on that subject for a good time. Let's let's go to one last subject just to rally all up before we end the show. And unless we come up with something at the end, we'll just make this the last subject. But guys, how, how about that? And I, I of course, unfortunately, because I live in, in the place where I live, I don't get to watch the the home uh commentary i don't get to listen to glenn davis eddie robinson or the Houston side i always have to listen to the road commentary whenever i get to watch the dynamo road games or even a home game so i get the orlando city of course and the broadcast but then that last end of end of the game where where darwin Quintero scores or or whoever scores from the three kick I, it looked like darwin Quintero scored on his little somersault bicycle kick whatever you want to call it but they call them all sides, and of course, and of course, where he didn't oh, touch it. <laughs> it, it. Where he didn't touch it, it was hard to tell because we didn't get no review, and we didn't get no uh, uh, replays on the on the Orlando broadcast, of course. So, w- without me getting to see a bunch of highlights and a bunch of replays and hot deep, I didn't get to see if Darwin uh, was on side when the ball was played in to begin with, which. At first glance, it looked like he was. He was leaning in with his, his head was leaning forward, but it looked like he was on the side when that ball was played. And and it, I mean, it, it's I don't been a massive it. problem. It's been a massive problem all yeah. season long. It's been a yeah. massive problem continuously, and it's going to continue yep. to be a massive problem until they work on the coverage that they have. I mean, the fact that which stadium you're at. Uh, has direct relation to what kind of VAR coverage that you have is completely it's, unacceptable. Dustin has let out so, articles about this, and it's, it's I mean, not even the stadium; it's the it's the it's the uh, provider that provides the game. 
So yeah, ESPN I mean, Plus has yes the coverage. Well, Dallas was tooting, so they had no goal line technology. If you have ESPN, Correct. ESPN does your game, they do that goal line technology. So it's not technically the stadiums or because of the city, it's the friggin' TV provider that has the game and putting all the cameras out there. So MLS needs to correct that from the start. You're Hopefully, providing the game. It's from a, which game. venue, which venue has which view. I mean, they don't have they don't all have top of the line coverage and they don't all have, you know, obviously none of them have goal line coverage, but it's the fact that like the memo free kick in Dallas. I mean, we can talk about that. I mean, there was coverage from the stadium, from that specific provider that prevented that call from being properly analyzed. <clears throat> and like I said, Dustin's let out an article that, that touched on it really well. And it, it shouldn't have to do with the venue that you're at. You know, there should be a standard, a standard for each stadium that each stadium has the proper coverage to make the correct calls. It shouldn't be based on which stadium you're in. Some cover, some stadiums have better coverage. Some stadiums have better recording. You know, it's just, I don't think, I mean, there needs to be a standard that everyone is set to that every game has that exact same standard. And until it is, I mean, you can't quote that you want to be the best league in the world without actually putting forth the resources to make sure that, the league is the best league in the world. But yeah, I mean, that's my view on it, personally. Right, if, if you're going to use VAR and you're going to use replay, then yeah, let's use it in the best form and the fullest of potential, and it's it's equal across the board, no matter no matter what provider's showing the game, no matter what venue's hosting the game. All the soccer fields are the same size for the most part, just a difference in yardage. So they can put the cameras where they're supposed to be, and there's no excuse why they can't, and uh, we have the technology to do everything correctly, and there's no reason why to it. And don't let them tell you it costs too money, too much money to get all those cameras because they're making more than enough money. So it's just kind of a joke. So if we're going to use replays and we're going to and we're going to complain that we need to use it, then let's put it out there and let's have it. And then then let's use it, and we'll take the friggin' five minute review time and then when the 90 minute mark and we go into 11 minutes of extra time then we can start complaining about that <laughs> yeah so and, and my, <laughs> in my opinion in my opinion i think that uh the mls has to look at those things uh refereeing being more consistent and the var to be uh a standard everywhere because europe especially the premier league you 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 score, you don't score, there's no question. You know, the sure. right call is made 99% of the time. But you cannot you cannot expect that soccer to grow here at that level or even at the Mexican uh, Liga MX when we're not even consistent on those things. And in my opinion, we're getting the World Cup in 26, so we need to get it, get it uh, at least to the standards that are, you know, to, to, to the fans like us. Well, we can say, yeah, we have the right technology and it's a fair game for everybody. I think uh, until we fix that, uh, we're still going to be looked as the league that, you know, like like an amateur league from from the European uh, standpoint. We definitely right. have, and, to have and, a standard. And we don't have to worry about the World Cup coverage. They're going to have a 13 million cameras in every football stadium as they already do for every <laughs> football game. So, 
the MLS is on its own, though, to your point, though, you're correct without comparing it to the World Cup. That's just completely, completely different, different venues, different. The money's different. The, 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 the coverage is different. MLS should, yes, take advantage of you know what, what's there in front of them and use it. And let's get out there and compete with those European uh, leagues. You, you may not be the greatest. You may not have the best talent, but let's quit. Let's quit having all these debates where we're like, oh, this should be this and this should be that because they're over there do this. So those debates, let's fix those debates and stop those debates instantly. Let's. But yeah. That's how you counteract a- those arguments. You know, you got exactly. You got those arguments of you know the MLS is less quality and the players aren't as good. It's a retirement league, etc. You counteract that with actually putting in the resources to become the best league around. You know, have the best coverage, have the best replays, the most consistent refereeing. Um, yeah, and, and you touched on the retirement league. To me, that was a problem forever where we would bring these players that are washed out and they just came and picked up a check for one or two seasons, scored two goals and, and you know, and sold tickets. But I'm glad that that's changing. They're bringing younger players and the league is growing to where you feel like, yeah, you can bring one of those players to uh, complement the process you're trying to implement, but you don't depend on one player to come in and be the the face of the team uh, for the longest. So I, I think if they could change that, I'm sure they can change the, the VAR and other things that – small things that, uh, although they're small, they, they still make a big difference. Right, right. And, they're, and they're, they're, they're small fixes as well, aren't they? Exactly. Yeah, so the, like we're like – are you, yeah, all right, so consistency with the referee. You're, you're never going to fix the referee. The referee is human, and uh, unless, unless you are a referee and understand how the, how the referee is taught to, to referee the game and you understand the rules and the definitions of it, you really can't, you really can't complain about the, uh, about the referee. So, like, Actually, uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I'm sorry. I, I think you can actually. You, you can't. Of course, it's a it's a human uh, call a lot of times. But let let's say my ideal fixing it would be send these young guys referees to get some experience in. Like even if you go to Mexico, Argentina, Brazil, and kind of get them get them experience on on their level. So when they come here, they they can say whatever call I make is based on what I've seen. It's not just a little system they taught me here and yeah, whatever well, license you have to get. Well, that's you the thing, Marlon. Like, like, like I mentioned earlier, the, to become an MLS referee, you've already left a million friggin' matches in your career, and you're very experienced. And they've, they've refed USL. They've refed Mexican uh, amateur. They, they, maybe the MLS is their first professional league, and that's because they – they're Americans, and they they've grown up through the through uh, the U.S. Federation as far as becoming a referee. But you know they they do what they they do what they can do best, and and that's why VR VAR came into existence, replay came into existence to to help because it is a human aspect, and there is only three referees in the game. Technically, there's four, but there is only three, and there's one that has the main control. And when you're refereeing 22 players, and 
we watch the game, we see the view that we have from the TV, but the referee has a completely different view. So in our eyes, we see it from this way, but from his eyes, we see it from a different way. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 sometimes it's just the worst. Me as a referee, uh, I, I, it's, I hate having to argue with the, the coaches. Rah, 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 rah. I was like, Dude, from my perspective, this is how I saw this. This is my explanation. You need to please live with it. But, you know, that, that's where the VAR comes in, and hopefully the, the, the replays can get better, and, and then they just need to work on to where it's faster to, to judge those replays, and let's, let's get a, a decision quicker and then move on. And was the referee right or was the referee wrong? And, and, and just deal with it, and as long as it wasn't just a freaking yeah. malice. No, I hear, I hear, yeah. I hear, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, I hear what you're saying, but – uh, I give an example. So in Mexico in the '90s and even even early 2000s, they had this systemic issue with referees, certain referees, and I'm sure they were being paid on the side. And that's a different type of corruption. But um, they some teams they already knew that this ref is gonna you know ref the game. Most likely he's gonna call uh, fouls against us or PKs against us. So. They got rid of those guys either because they retired or they were forced to kind of, you know, uh, go through the back door. But uh, nowadays, Mexico, for the most part, the the, the referee is, is standard. At least not, not saying it's perfect, but you don't hear that much uh, complaints from teams. So it's something that I guess is a cultural thing. If you can change that, I think I think it will make for sure it's going to create uh, a better standard for, for soccer in general. Okay, sorry about that. Can you uh, can you guys hear me now? Yeah, yeah, we can. Okay, what I was had a little communication issue there, but what I was getting at before was that you know you with the MLS as far as the refereeing is concerned and the coverage for any sort of VAR or video coverage in general. I mean, you when you when you state that you want to be the best team or the best uh, the best league in the world. You have to be better. The refereeing has to be better. I mean, we don't want – obviously, we're not blaming anything on individual matches. I mean, we're not going to be that kind of that kind of association where we where we blame things on the referees. But like you said, it's a standard that has to be set that has to be better. And that's, that's really all there is to it. <laughs> the background sound effects is freaking awesome. But, yeah, you know, guys, it <laughs> uh, uh, sounds like someone's on folding paper or something. Uh, but, but, you know, uh, I, I think I think we've had a lot of great conversation tonight. And we've, we've had a lot of a lot of discussion and a lot of debate. And I'm sure with especially with the both of you, we, we could we could probably just go on and on and on forever. But I, I think we're, we're pretty much at a point where it's time to, to wrap up the show. Uh, we need to get back on the plane and travel from Orlando and get back to Houston and get back on the training facility on Monday and let the guys have a day off tomorrow. Uh, but, you know, uh, Marlon, thank you for coming in tonight. And and Billy, thank, thank you, you for, for co-hosting tonight. Uh, but, Appreciate Billy, it. you know, uh, won't, you, won't you give us a plug for, for yourself and for Dynamo Theory and, and let people know where they can find you and where they can find Dynamo Theory, man. I am Billy Mears. I am at 
Beesom187 on Twitter. I'm part of the Dynamo Theory group of excellent guys, might I add. Well, we can be found at dynamotheory.com. Also, we've got Instagram with Dynamo Theory and our YouTube with Dynamo Theory as well. Um, we couldn't be one of the leaders in coverage without the reader, and we appreciate you guys uh, following along. And uh, we'll uh, continue to try and bring you guys the most accurate, engaging content we can. And I uh, appreciate it. Hey, can, uh, can I get a ch- uh, give you a shout out? Uh, shout out to Billy. Uh, I think, uh, and I done this on Twitter because uh, I feel like uh, using the the platform for positive things is 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 a good thing. So uh, since Billy came in and 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 started doing his thing, I I, I feel like. Uh, we get more con- content and more more information than ever, uh, and and I can tell you're passionate about it, and you're you put your time into it, and your in your resources. So, man, we appreciate whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you can you can to help us stay connected. Uh, yeah, so shout out to you, man, and, and keep it up. Appreciate that, brother, man. It's all love. It's all heart. Um, I couldn't do it without the connections our guys have at Dynamo Theory. They've been extremely welcoming and uh, welcoming me in and giving them access, giving me access to their uh, resources. And uh, my goal, obviously, is to spread the love of the organization as a whole, whether it be Dynamo Dash, Dynamo Two, doesn't matter. I want to put it into the palm of every person who will listen. And um, yeah, that's my that's my goal, and that's our goal at Dynamo Theory as well. We want to uh, extend coverage as well so yeah i appreciate that 100 percent. yes sir and one more thing uh guys uh billy and uh i believe it was uh rob they did a great job at uh covering the uh the world cup uh, announcement uh was friday uh, yesterday last night uh you guys did a great job at uh i didn't even know to be honest there was gonna be a party i would have i would have gone in there but uh that was nice you could tell everybody was uh celebrating and 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 Good face, you know, nice faces of people that I haven't seen in a while. Players like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Demarcus Beasley. Beasley. Yeah, Beasley. Beasley. I lost my. Uh, Paul yeah, Daglish. He, Paul Daglish was there. Daglish, yes. Oh my God, I was like, man, this brings me back memories, and that, that was pretty awesome. And and it's, it's it's nice to know that the whole city is excited. We're gonna have a World Cup for the first time, and man, I, I can't wait. It's four years, but. Uh, it's, it's worth it. We're going we're gonna to be uh, hopefully in a good spot and hopefully the Dynamo by then has a championship or, or two. And uh, yeah, so thank you guys for, for doing that. And uh, I always do thank you for always, you know, doing your best, even though you, you don't even live in Houston and you probably do more for, for, <laughs> for the sport than a lot of us. Do. So we appreciate you. Man, man yes, I sir. appreciate that, bro. Like we definitely... Uh, with the coverage for the World Cup party, we appreciate that definitely. Um, it was a good, it was a good turnout actually. I was really excited to see all the people there and all the players there. Um, yeah. It'd be nice that it was kind of a press break to where you know you were allowed to enter a certain area, and uh, you know the general fan wasn't. So I mean, I kind of would have liked to have seen the general fan with uh, you know mix and rub elbows with the the uh, the importance. But I mean, obviously, I mean the turnout was really good, and it's yeah. exciting. Because uh, you know, 1994, the World Cup was here, and that was that was the break of the MLS. You know, that kind of brought on the MLS, and it's just like that that excitement that it brings to the community. It's a big deal, and um, mm-hmm. you know, we it's just it's just super exciting. You know, it's just super exciting to be able to see that 
be announced for Houston and um, what it's going to bring for this community. It's going to be it's going to be massive, not only for the love of the game, but for financial reasons for local companies and everyone who's struggling. You know, it's it's a it's a big deal. And I just uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm super appreciative of their of their announcement. Yes, sir. 100 ready for it ready for it. we got four years houston's ready to build it up and let's let's go man the world cup's gonna be fun and i'm ready to take that those 30 days off so whatever job i've got four years from now <laughs> i'm taking I that month off yeah i perfectly on twitter last night uh, a follower of mine i will give her a shout out she said it perfectly uh i'm requesting off work uh for 2026 the entirety um thank you <laughs> Wow, the entire year. Okay, shoot. All right, well, all right, let's, let's go make some money so we can make that happen. <laughs> I just need 30 <laughs> days off, though. Yeah, 30 days off. I need a, I need a midfield 50-yard uh, uh, line for the World Cup final and then all the USA games, and I'm, I'm Gucci. <laughs> appreciate y'all having me, though, man. Marlon, appreciate your feedback, brother. That was great. Um, Thank you. Anything, anything we can do, you let us know. Always looking to get better. Um, like I said, dynamotheory.com and let us know. Let us know what you want to see. Yes, sir. Good again, man. Really appreciate it, Marlon. Thanks for chiming in tonight. Anybody else that hopped on, guys? And, you know, as, as always, this was Dynalytics. This was episode 27 tonight. Guys, we're moving forward. We're, we're, uh, we have a huge episode on Tuesday night, y'all. Tuesday night. Huge for I, for Dynalytics, you know, we're brand new. We're still trying to get out there and get into people's ears. But we're, we're going to interview the surge leadership. And we're, we're going to get into Hustletown on Tuesday. And I think, it, I think it's uh, it's about time that we interview the surge or, or one of the supporter groups. Because Hector Herrera is coming in in about 20 days, I think it is now. And the, the, the fanship is going to grow. I know, I, I know just from – I'm sitting on the Discord that uh, the the surge is growing as well, and we expect it to grow a lot more. So we're we're going to interview the surge on Tuesday night. We're going to have Sergio and Jeffrey hop on, and Herman should be back on Tuesday for that that episode. And we're, we're going to learn about the surge. We're going to figure out what how it got started, what what made its creation, you know, and just what what is the surge about? What is Hustle Town about? Talk about about the young and Texian and just anything, anything supporter and Dynamo, and then we'll get their predictions on the games coming up with Chicago and Portland. And, you know, but that that's where it's out. That's where we're at. But you know, uh, Malone, uh, Billy, anything y'all want to say? Some final words before we say good night. Uh, you guys have a good, uh, good Sunday and a good week. Appreciate it. Yeah, I guess I'll uh, have to give a shout out to my guys at Dynamo Theory. Uh, without them, none of this would be possible. I appreciate the love and the welcome they have uh, allowed me as I've entered their group. Um, fantastic group of guys. I mean, you know, they all work full time and they still manage to put out some of the best coverage in Houston. And um, I'm super excited to be a part of their group. Absolutely. Shout out to Dynamo Theory. Shout out to you, Billy, for coming on tonight and guest hosting. Marlon, as always, I know you're here all the time. Everybody else that listens. And you know what, guys? That's how we end it with the H's up. And we say, go Dynamo. Pieces. Hey, the type of lose when we in the race. Hey, we up in the place and we gon' put it in a face. Let them know. Houston Dynamo. Houston Dynamo. Houston Dynamo.
the dynamo, who's the dynamo? Haters hate but lose when we in the race. Hey, we up in the place and we gon' put it in a place. Let them know who's the dynamo.